Welcome to another episode of the Brawlcast Podcast with Atrophius and Double Dime. I'm Atrophius. That's Double Dime. Dime, how are you doing today? I'm doing well. Doing great. I'm excited to be back. I'm, I I apologize for the one week little hiatus. I had a couple of things that come up last week, but we're back and we've got a lot to talk about today. So <laughs> I didn't want to throw you under the bus, but nah, I'll throw myself under the bus. Okay. So it's all good. We're here for episode four and we do have a lot to talk about. Um, lots of things changed in two weeks. Last week, there, there wasn't as much to talk about now suddenly we've got all these things to talk about so what do you want to get started with true i mean i think the big thing that everybody is aware of that happened recently is the autumn royale yep uh royale was big event had uh, a lot of crazy competitors at it uh lores godly sandstorm luna like it was quite an event yep it was um, really a really big event I ended up doing I ended up doing a watch party of the whole tournament uh-huh. that Saturday, uh-huh. um, and so I actually got to see all of the games that happened on stream, uh-huh. uh, including some of the ones that uh, were command center only, right? Because um, they were like uh, not not actually streamed games on the mainstream, yeah. But like every station at the Royales is was hooked up uh, is hooked stream. up so that yeah. so that people can watch them. Um, and there were some, there were some pretty crazy sets that happened off of the mainstream Luna sandstorm. Both of those guys had just absolutely wild sets that you wouldn't have known or Mm -hmm. wouldn't have been able to see Mm -hmm. if you weren't paying attention to the command center. So, Mm -hmm. but let's, uh, you want to talk about results first? Yeah. Let's talk about the results. Let's. Let's get to that first. I mean, obviously, the big story is not one of the big three won. Oh, man. Um, the big story is is that Lores, I'm not going to say unknown Brazilian player, but not always being considered one of their top three players even, shows up, wins the whole thing, and honestly made that grand final set look free oh dude i what was i i, f- I feel like that was probably like one of the fastest grand final sets of all time it's right? got to be right up there like so i had i had a few people in my chat during the watch party and somebody said something in chat at the very beginning of that set and then their reaction at the very end after Lores one was like nine minutes later yeah it's it, it was insane how fast that was. Like honestly, Lores made Godly look like it was a uh, uh, Valhallen versus a gold. Except we know that's not the case. Godly's Europe's best player, and Lores made Godly look like he was outclassed, outmatched. I mean, these are what would be considered at the time the eight best players from their region, or the eight best players between the three regions, because they all got their top threes or top twos in their regions. Yep. And Laura showed up and just demolished Godly. Nine minutes. Not even a ten-minute set. That was as fast as most best of threes. But the crazy thing about it is that Godly actually won during the round robin. Uh-huh. He did. So... So Lores managed to make that adjustment coming out of the round robin yep. and just absolutely wiped the floor with him. Yep. 
yeah, it was... That's a big adjustment. Now, that set was close. Godly versus Lorez was five games. So yeah. Lorez, the, the round-robin set, right, was right, five right. games. So Lorez must have taken, like, a ton of information. To get a five-game set, that you should get a ton of information out of it. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah so I think... The round robin set was five games. They also played in winners finals. Yep. In the top four bracket, that was also a five game set. Yep, that's right. That was five games as well. So we got so, ten games. Yep. Yeah. So they went three two in favor of Godly, three two mm-hmm. in favor of Lores, and then the fastest grand finals of all time. Mm-hmm. One of the fastest, easily. Yep. Three yep. zero. Boom boom. Yeah. Made it look easy. Crazy. It was wild yep. to watch yep but we had a whole bunch of other things happen uh-huh. uh throughout the round robin that i think were and and the finals that were pretty interesting um meg d uh-huh. made it out of the round robin and into yep. loser side top four I cha- go ahead okay no go ahead go ahead go ahead i was gonna say i championed this a few, a few, I think it was the podcast before that. I think it was the episode before this. I said the way Meg D plays, he's going to start winning tournaments the minute he becomes more optimal. And mm. we're starting to see, because Meg D plays the game, in my opinion, the most optimal way that it should be played. I, mm. Just never make the first move make the person make the mistake and when they do make the mistake obliterate them for it get three four hits every time yeah his his punish game is kind of crazy and and his ability to like extend punishes i think in particular is what makes him so strong yeah i mean this is no slight he's going to become the hungry box of brawlhalla (laughs) <laughs> and I don't mean that in a bad way because Hungry Box is arguably the greatest melee player of all time. So it, it, I think we're in a he's my dark horse to win BCX. The whole tournament. The whole tournament. He he beat Sandstorm. And a Sandstorm is someone I think that can win BCX. He got fourth. Yeah. You know, he's got another he's got another three weeks or so plus another Moose Wars to to um sharpen up a little bit i think he's my dark horse to win i think he's just that good you know he got into that top four beat the best player in north america yeah what else to say really got third yeah. place he beat godly once in the in the in the tournament as well it's not much True. else to say Magdi is on the rise and taza was with me on that one i i, I know i know yeah. taza taza was definitely championing Magdi mm-hmm. as well mm-hmm. um what are your thoughts on uh what are your thoughts on Godly right now? Fragile. Um he just seems he he can get into that maybe that's not the right word cuz he did win the last land. The last like real land, right? Yeah, Valencia, right? He won Valencia. But it seemed okay, maybe that's not the right word. Brazilian problem. he cannot seem to get one over on the brazilians you know what i mean oh yeah you know like every time he gets dallas was uh yeah 
Dallas was, was he grand finals in Dallas too? I don't know if he was grand finals or if he was, I can't remember, but he was in, and he did lose to a Brazilian. He lost to Hughes, right? Dallas was I Hughes. think so. Yeah. He was like top three or something like that, yeah. right? Yeah. At least. So Hughes, Kaina, and Lores have all taken their chunk out of Godly. Man. So, Brazilian problem is what I'm going to say. South America at BCX is going to be something like here. Here's what I'm worried about happening at BCX, right? Mm -hmm. They're coming into these Royales Mm -hmm. and, and events like DreamHack Dallas. um, And they're fighting very strong players and winning. Yeah. BCX is where everybody shows up where every strong player shows up including all of north america's weird players yep and i have this feeling that at least one of the south american players i think is gonna get out maybe not out completely but like out of winter's side early to some weird North American play style they haven't experienced before. Yeah. Something like, uh, you know, like a Wubs knocking somebody off. Or, yeah, like one of those, one of those strange, like, yeah, one of the, we talked about this. There's just going to be one of these strange players who don't play particularly optimally, but it doesn't seem yeah. to matter type thing that you, they kind of don't know what they're doing, so you can't really read what they're doing. And, and, the Brazilian, yeah, you're right. One of the South Americans, they, they could it's, lose to that. It's like the the Royals give the Royals give the top Europe and South American players an opportunity to play against like the best of our region. Yeah, it doesn't give them an opportunity to play against our ranked demons. Yep, and we got some pretty whack ranked demons yep. in North America. Yep, the and a lot of them, yep. a lot of them are going to be showing up. Mm-hmm to bcx uh-huh. and it's just gonna be i don't know it's it's gonna be like a combination of funny and really disappointing to watch any one of these guys lose to someone like that you know yeah but this is also one of those places where someone like that quote unquote gets to shine True. You, always, you always get one of those weird players that makes it into the top 32 just because they play yeah. weird and and we're able to catch a bunch of people by surprise. The number one that uh, comes to my mind is that BCX 2018 hot shot Scott got 25th. <laughs> like you get one of those weird players that just shows up, plays weird and breaks into the top top 32 of BCX. All right. and, he, and not only did he get just a little history. Not only did he get 25th, he took Tiger to last hit game five. Oh my God. And then Tiger went on a run after that and got 13th in the end or ninth or something like that. Right. So in any case, you know, like that's the beauty of BCX is that you're going to have a ton of, I don't want to say randoms, but players that are just lesser known, they get to finally show up and, yeah. uh, prove themselves some of them will sink some of them will collapse under the pressure like a falling star yeah. and some of them will rise to the top and thrive under under the pressure mm-hmm. 
I mean, I know I my first couple of lands when I was considered one of those people, I thrived. I did well at all my lands. So maybe there's somebody that comes out of North America or Europe, Brazil even, they might not just send their their big four or five. They might send a few more players. Who knows? Yeah, that'll be interesting to see who actually shows up. Yeah. Because I know, um, I believe we're actually going to have some SEA representation, at least in like, I think Hemway's coming at least. Yeah, right? Hemway said he was coming. Yep. Um, I don't know about Australia though. I know Kyler Alice said he can't make it, right? No Kyler. Um, I don't know about Rodriguez. Um, obviously, a ton of their top players are not welcome <laughs> at, uh, at BCX, to put it lightly. Yeah, unfortunately. Um, there might be no Australian representation, where in the past we've had at least one sometimes two we've had kyler and wright show up at the same time once La last year we had like three or four didn't we? yeah Something so like yeah. i don't know um so. let's see how that goes it's you know not Bring that i think to the... not that i think oh, no. that they would make a, a splash yeah. or anything like that but right, anyways right, right. go on i was gonna say bringing it back to the royale real quick all mm -hmm. right so the top four was laura's godly megdy sandstorm sandstorm yeah. Sandstorm managed to get out of pools. Yep. He kind of squeaked out of pools, if we're being honest. Yeah, he did. He he got stronger as it went on, but he didn't get strong enough at the end. Yeah. Yeah. Um so he finishing fourth. Obviously not where you want to see Sandstorm finish, I don't think. But I think he was also trialing some things out, maybe. He did say that he was um that he was um experimenting a little bit on twitter he did say that yeah i mean i think the royales are super big giant important tournaments but what would you rather have winning a bcx or winning a royale i'd even sure. rather i'd even rather win a regular land than a royale you know i'd rather win dallas or valencia before i'd win a royale they they're harder tournaments you you have right. to fight through your those those rank demons and stuff like that right. so if, if you're gonna go somewhere with pressure but not the pressure of this makes or breaks me type thing. That's a great place to, to trial things. True, true, true. You know, um, he, he did what he needed to do to get into the top four. Two of the big three got into the top four. What happened to Kaina? Kaina had a rough, Kaina had a rough event. It seemed like, I mean, um, you know, he, he beat Luna. He beat Knees. Um, you know, who else did he beat? He Moonier. Beat, he beat Moonier. Like, he beat it. players, but yeah. then he lost to his own countryman in Lores. Yep. And, and Lores made it look kind of easy. Again, like, once again. Yeah. Um, I think he had the boots problem versus Sandstorm. Yep. Um, and then Godly just had his number. Yep. It's almost like Godly prepared specifically for Kaino. Because <laughs> we know what happened last Royale. Oh, yeah. Which, again, was a Brazilian making it look easy in Grand Finals over Godly. Yeah. So now Godly has to specifically prepare for Loras. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> then he'll forget about you suddenly, and then, oh, there you go. There it is. Yeah. Yeah. So it was an interesting Royale. Um, 
Brazil won three of four, right? Yes. And it was three different reps. It was Yuz, Kaina, Lores, right? I think so. Yeah. So Yuz, Kaina, Lores. And use one uh one Dallas. Does does so I've I've heard this be thrown around a good bit at this point. What's your opinion on does is is South America the best one v one region going into PCX? At the top, I th- I think we had this discussion. I think that at the top top echelon, I think their top three to five can beat anybody. I think where it drops off is players six through ten. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? Whereas if you were to go like a ten man deep uh crew battle, for example, I think North America and Europe would be able to beat um uh South America. So But if I, we did if we yeah. did a three man crew battle right now, South America and North America, Europe, you think South America takes that? Hundred percent. Because the only two players, there's only, really, there's only Sandstorm and Godly that can actually maybe beat any of those top three. And then you gotta mm. fight three of them. <laughs> it's like, I, 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 North America's top three and, and even Europe's top three is specifically quite weak of the big three. It's Godly and then question mark, question mark. And then, yeah, that's kind of true. And then North America, it's Sandstorm. And then Luna some of the times, and then kind of question mark. Whereas, uh, whereas the top three down in South America, yeah, there's yeah. a bit of a gap that got created in like NA from uh, Impala choosing to retire. Yeah, a little bit of a gap because Impala would have slotted somewhere in that top three. You'd think it would. You'd think it would be Sandstorm. Luna and Impala. Now yeah, Impala, it's like, Impala is still PR number three, despite yeah, but, having, yeah, not really been doing anything. So it's Sandstorm, Luna, and right now I guess it would be Magdi. That's your big three. Yeah, that's I, actually. Oh no! I'd put NA is looking kind of weak actually i'd put a hundred dollars on brazil every day in that three-on-three crew battle against the other two major regions i don't think it would be close damn whoops <laughs> what happened there yeah my computer just decided that i wasn't moving things around enough there we go uh, okay nice. yeah sorry about that guys um yeah no na in grand finals at this royale nope Moonier. No Go on. I was gonna say Mooner had a bit of a rough showing. This was his first um this was his first Royale appearance, right? It was his first Royale, it was his first LAN, or at least I don't I, I don't know if he went to Valencia, but it was his first time in North America. Oh, okay. Um You know, I mean he got a win. He's just, for me, that was just the player that was happy to be there. You know what oh, I yeah. mean? Um yeah, yeah, good yeah. for him to get in. There's a lot of pressure for your first land to be against the other seven best players at the time. Right. Yeah. 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 So he, um he did have uh he did have some unfortunate games though. Um and he went up versus Lores mm-hmm. and lost two three in yep. a set that he very well could have won. Mm-hmm. 
And then he would have changed the trajectory of the whole tournament if he won that. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yep. And he might have had momentum from that win that yep. could have carried him to other other wins in the round robin. Yep. But, like, I don't, I don't understand what he was thinking. Like, so, I don't, I don't know if you actually saw that set. It was pretty early on in the Royal. No, that might have been a set that I missed. Okay. Yeah. So, Munir played Rayman into yep. Lores. Okay. And he was doing some of the most insane Rayman things I have ever seen a Rayman do. <laughs> and absolutely obliterated Lores with it. Yeah. And then okay. he swapped on win to Olgrim. That's interesting. Why would you... Did he just feel like his gauntlets weren't working? I don't know what he was thinking. Because... I mean, gauntlets were a big part of how he ended up winning. Gauntlets and Rayman Sig specifically are a big part of how he ended up winning the games that he won. Mm -hmm. So then he swaps on win to Olgrim, mm -hmm. loses, mm -hmm. swaps to Taros, mm -hmm. never ended up going back to Rayman. That's interesting. That doesn't make much sense to me. But in game five, he had the win. Okay. Was he up? Like up a stock type thing? No, he literally had the win. He, oh, no. He, he did not need to attack Lores, and he would have just fell to his death. He, and then he had a GCD light, flubbed the follow-up, and saved him. No, that's the worst. And then Laura's won. Oh my god. Like, I feel incredibly bad for Moonir. Because literally that one decision could have changed the entire trajectory of the tournament. Yeah. Yeah. That's crazy. Well... You live and you learn. It's his first time in North America. I'm not sure if it was his first LAN or not, but if it was, that's a ton of pressure. You're always... I remember my first LAN. It was Shine. There was a lot of pressure being there. Leftstick says no NA in Grand Finals, the last three Royales. Yeah, I saw that. Yeah, no NA in the Grand Finals. Godly's been in all three of them, hasn't he? Mm, I think so. Yeah, he's been in all three and he's lost to a Brazilian all three times. Is that what's happened? <laughs> yeah. That is unfortunate for That Godly. is the Brazilian problem, I tell you that much. Use Lores and Kaina. Wow. Godly needs to, like, travel to BCX early so that he has enough time to, like, one, play on land more, and two, like, shake off the jet lag. That's Before what he did. For, that's starts. what he did for this Royale. Apparently, he showed up like a week early. Oh, really? Yeah. Why would you do that for a Royale and not BCX? Or is he also planning to do it for BCX? I think he's Does planning to know? do it for both. I think I heard somewhere that he planned that he showed up early. I can't remember where I heard that, but I think he did. Um, I think it was. I mean, I think if, it was if, a caster that said that too. If so. you are. Like, if you are a champion contender for the biggest tournament of the year, 
with the he didn't show up early, but he swapped it swapped in an hour. Okay. So he was getting up in the middle of the night and going to bed in the morning or something like that. All right, interesting. I mean, that's I mean that's one way to do it. I guess uh-huh. that probably helps with the jet lag a little. Yep. Um, but it, I mean, if you were if you are a championship contender uh-huh. for the biggest tournament of the year, uh-huh. largest prize pool of the year. I mean, that, I think, in my opinion, warrants, if you know that jet lag is a problem, because he won Valencia when he didn't have to travel, it was easy. If you can eliminate jet lag as a factor for the biggest tournament of the the year, that sounds like an obvious thing to do to me. But then you get into this, Kyler did it for 2019. He came for a month. Oh, yeah, he was here like... He he was here like actually practicing in NA, and it didn't. It almost seemed to make Kyler worse. <laughs> Does that make sense? I mean, I think it's two different calibers of player. That's true. You're right. It probably like no is. offense to Kyler. Obviously, I love Kyler Alice. Yeah, but I have a feeling that he may have come to NA. And started losing to a lot of NA players that are not, like, our best players. Probably. And that's very demoralizing, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. So that probably had a pretty negative impact on his mental. You're right. Where Godly, I think, could probably come to NA and practice on NA servers and roll most of... Probably right. ...the same kind of people that yep. Kyler would have lost to. Yep, you're probably right. No, I don't so, know. Um, it was an interesting. I, I would like to see. Yeah, I would like to see Godly come over early for BCX. You know, also, I, I, I imagine it's probably a little late at this point if that's not the plan. But yeah, that's true. You know, else had a rough Royale before we move on to something else. Luna, uh, Luna, and Knees both had really rough Royales. I think Knees, out of everybody, might have had the roughest Royale. If I'm looking at this correctly, it shows that Knees didn't win a game. No, he definitely won one. No, he won two. He won versus Luna and Moonir, right? I'm looking at just the major round robin games. Oh, oh, oh. Yeah. Oh, that list. Gotcha. Yeah, yeah I, that didn't include everything. He won two. Luna, they both had pretty rough royales, though, for players that have been to, I think Luna has been to all of them, and I know Nies has been to all of them. Yeah. They both had pretty rough royales. I think Luna so, is still. I don't know if he. Thing. I don't know if he wasn't feeling well, like specifically, like maybe sick uh-huh. at autumn. But I know that I. I'm pretty sure he's still having issues with his, like hands and wrists and stuff, uh-huh. Uh-huh. and that's going to impact his ability to uh-huh. play effectively. He needs to swap to keyboard. He needs. He's going to need time off the game after bcx i think is probably going to be the most important thing well that would kind of wraps up the royale unless you got anything else you want to point out um oh the one one thing that i didn't want to talk about while we're on the subject of luna he played volkov at the at the royale well he played it at autumns yeah he brought it out and he kind of started on it at the royale though yeah, I think he had some. I think he had some confidence because the Volkov did take a game off Sandstorm in the mm-hmm. in the autumns, and that may and in autumns, and that maybe was just like 
less the pick was really good, more Sandstorm was surprised. That's the thing about Volkov and why I don't like that legend is the signature kit for Volkov is surprising. It's unexpected. But the moment you adapt to it and adjust to it, it's not getting that much value in my opinion no it's like one of the things that i said on stream during the the watch party is that i think that volkov is the most swap on win character that exists in brawlhalla swap on win yeah yeah like i think if you if you bust out a volkov you should play it win on it and then immediately switch to whatever your actual main is yeah maybe get the win and then get and then move on yeah yeah because like i feel like if you get two with Volkov, I think you're lucky. Wow. I think if you get one with Volkov, it was calculated and you surprised them and that's good. But if you get two with Volkov and you're playing against somebody of like roughly the same skill level as you are, you got lucky. I don't think Volkov is a best of five legend. Interesting. I think most players at this level, I think most players at this level will be able to adapt to Volkov and beat it. Okay. Easier. Interesting. Than something like a Mordex or Okay. Whatever else Luna was playing this weekend. Yeah. Whatever else he was playing. Okay. I, I get it. Yeah, it makes sense. Alright. So Okay. But yeah, I wanted to talk a little bit about Volkov for a minute. Fair enough. Nope, that's a good one. <clears throat> I think that was uh I think it was a good pick. I think it was probably one that you shouldn't hard commit to. Nope. It should be a type of a secondary. You're right. I think so. Um, what else we got going on? Anniversary update. Oh yeah, the anniversary update. Uh, the the event itself starts pretty soon. I think mm-hmm. it's like almost. It's like is it like immediately after the Halloween event ends, or is I there like so. a little bit of a break? I think it's like a Halloween event's going on right now. Uh, did you remember to get all your colors? Cause... I have to go in and get a couple. I have to yeah. get Thea. Yeah. So don't forget to get your colors if yep. you haven't. Yep. Um, I think this is, what, the last week to do it, maybe? Yeah. It doesn't go straight through to Halloween. I don't think. I don't remember how long it lasts. I don't remember either. But get your colors. Uh, get yeah, your skins. Don't forget, don't That's a really solid Wuxiang skin, by the way. Oh, dude, that Wuxiang skin is sick. Sick. That one was really good. I don't know. <clears throat> I don't know whose idea that was. Over on the art team, but they were cooking with that one. That is Cthulhu Shong. Yeah, no, that's probably oh, that. Kiss. I think that's my favorite Halloween skin now. It's right up there. I like that one. Um, yeah, good job on that. But yeah, anniversary update, November first. Anniversary update starts. The big, big, big um, selling point for it. You can get the esports V one colors. Oh, I'm excited about that. And you know what? I wasn't really playing Brawlhalla when those came out, so I have that on maybe two characters. So I'm very excited to get those colors, because those colors kick ass. Yeah, no, I like the V1s. I I have a handful of them. I think maybe 20, just from viewership rewards. I don't even have that. I might have four. Yeah, so being able to get the rest of them. Um, I'm wondering how they're planning to do the subsequent esports colors because like v1 is part of this event i think is a really neat idea how do you then start cycling in the other ones as well because i don't know if they talked about this but i feel like they're probably going to add another color pretty soon yeah 
Because how long have V4s been around? I think since last BCX, no? Uh, No, I don't think it's been that long. I think they were introduced this year. Well, they might have been introduced this year. Was it Winters, maybe? I don't know. I don't really remember. I don't have many of them either. Oh, dude. Um, No, the the V3s and the V4s, I have hardly any of them. uh, I'd like to get my hands on them. Also... I'd like to get my hands in some V2 community colors. Wink, wink, nudge, nudge, layer left, stick down. Because um, <laughs> I think those colors go hard. The V2 community colors. I love the pink. We need another version of pink when we're playing twos. So I'd like to be able yeah. to swap. Because yeah. I need pink colors to see. Because I'm virtually colorblind half the time. So we play pink in twos. And I'm just blind. So mm-hmm. I need bright colors. Pink helps. We oh, it will come will next come... year. Okay. Oh, okay. Yeah, I think the one I have the most is V2. I have tons of V2s. Good. If they're going to do that every year, we'll be about, let's say we're about a year behind type thing, or two years behind. Every year we get more and more of them. That'd be great. I like that idea. Very excited yeah. for that. I'm very That'd excited cool. to get my hands on the, the V1 colors. It's going to be awesome. How are you feeling about new season? New season just started? There is they don't change anything for new seasons, so it just is the start of a new rank season. I'm indifferent. I used to be excited, but um we're on what, the four hundred and ninety seventh season? It feels that way because nothing changes. So This is season thirty? Yeah, I season, think season thirty. Which you Holy think crap. 30 seasons. I started in season six and the seasons have all been the same. So I don't, I'm excited to jump in and play my first 10, see where I land. And then I'll play again later type thing. Fair enough. You know, it's, it, there's, there's just, there's nothing to write home about. I would like to see something where every five or 10 seasons, they try and change it up a little bit. But what could they even do? Well, I don't know. I mean, the biggest thing is, is um, I don't know. What could you do? You could change up the map pools every five or ten seasons. and Well, they would have it. to do that as part of, like, cycling maps in and out of the actual competitive pool, right? Yeah. Um, I don't know. I, I just, we finally got a... I don't even really want to call it a new mechanic, more of a revamp of a mechanic on our fast falls and our and our dash mechanic and stuff like that. But you know, I'd always I've always thought that it would be nice for now. You don't have to do this every ranked season, but after every BCX, there is a bit of a there is a bit of a um the off season basically. an off season yeah. And in the you know what, and I get that this is a different game, but every off-season League of Legends trials a bunch of new mechanics in the in their in the off-season. Mm. And then they keep what sticks and they throw out what doesn't. And then but here here's a here's a better one. Every single new Capcom Cup season, they toss in a new mechanic. Mm. That's yearly. I would like to see something <laughs> along those lines. I think we're kind of sort of moving in that direction a little bit. Because I know that we're getting the backdash change after BCX. That's not really a mechanic, though. That's just we're changing up something that's already in the game. 
like the way Street Fighter does it is Street Fighter season one was vanilla Street Fighter. Then season two, they added another V skill. Then season three, they added, I can't remember what it was. I think it was either they added, they basically added a whole new move or mechanic every season for every character. Okay. You know what I mean? Like something big and sweeping. Gotcha. And Capcom's big, but so is Ubisoft. So I don't see why things like that couldn't get implemented at some point. Like during the off season, have a ranked queue, an off ranked queue that is a weapon swapping queue and see if people like it. And if they don't, just get rid of it. Yeah. You know what I mean? The the more time passes, the more that I realize that Brawlhalla probably won't work without weapon throws, which no, makes me I know. kind of sad. It probably wouldn't, but... Yeah. Or have a mechanic where you need to be pushing forward or else you slow down or something like that. Or, I don't know, something like that. Like the Guilty Gear mechanic where if you're not pushing forward at your opponent after a certain period of time, you eventually... Uh, get a negative penalty or something. I don't know. At, try throwing things at the wall and seeing what stick. You don't have to put them in the regular game. You have a whole extra queue, or you can yeah. make other queues for that. But big sweeping mechanics don't seem to happen every year. So, yeah, I mean, Brawl has been a bit of a fixed game for a little while, and we've only kind of just recently started seeing sort of major mechanics changes again. Yep, I know. So it'll be interesting to see what all they're cooking because I'm pretty sure there's a lot that they've got kind of yep. that they're thinking about there. Uh-huh. Thankfully, Loki won't be legal at BCX. No. Though I honestly don't think it would have mattered much if I he was. I don't think it would have mattered too, too much. I think he's a very good character as the time passes. I don't think he's absolutely completely busted broken. I just think he's I pretty played. Good. <laughs> so I did my uh, I did my placement matches today. Yeah, and uh, after <clears throat> after they wrapped up, I queued a little more because yep. I'm practicing for BCX. Yeah, is what we'll say. Um, Quote unquote. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but I ran into Wrenched, yeah. and Wrenched has been playing Loki a lot. Lots recently. of Loki. Yeah, and it makes sense playing playing against Wrenched Loki, who I think has a pretty good Loki. I mean, it's Katars. He's he's always been very good at guitars. He's still very good at guitars. His scythe is mm, could use some improvement, serviceable. but serviceable. I mean, yeah. it's playable, right? Yeah. Um. But his uh, his Loki, I think, is pretty good, and he makes pretty good use of the sig kit. And I felt almost negative threat from Loki's signatures. Yeah. Like interesting. Like once you learn what they are, the space that they cover, they're just not that scary. No, I think you're, I think you're pretty right. I think there was a lot of overblownness when this character came out. Let's face it. These SIGs aren't the SIGs and they're not. Uh, yeah. Yeah. They're not. Um, they're not Tezka sigs. They're for not damn Tezka sure. sigs. That's for damn sure. That was like yeah. borderline not play tested type sig power. Um, like even even Tezka after his sig nerfs are still yeah, significantly better than I know. sigs in my opinion. I know. Um, 
he's a good character. He's going to fall right somewhere in the middle of the pack. You're going to have people who play the character and they're going to do really well. And but he's not going to be some he's not going to be a character that people are going to swap to when they feel like they're losing. And it's not going to be release great sword. You know what I mean? It's just yeah. it's just um a good solid character with good solid stats. It's a good character. This is this is how characters should be released because now you can tweak them the other way and make them stronger as you go. I understand right. the reason to release a character broken, get people buying the skins for them and stuff. <laughs> I get the I get the monetary reason. Which is why I'm even more shocked that Loki didn't come out as broken as he is, because Loki is like a pinnacle character, kind of like a Thor. Well, the thing is, is that he... They did it a very interesting way this time, because Loki looks broken if uh -huh. you're not in not looking too closely at him. Yeah, you're right. So, to to anybody who is, like, just taking a glance at the characters, they will see his sigs and go, what the fuck is this? <laughs> and then once you play him a few times, you go, oh, okay, I get it. And yeah. then, of course, in, like, gold and plat and whatever, those sigs are going to feel very oppressive because those are the types of players that don't know how to get out of the way of sigs like that. Yeah. That well, they, to just take up all of that space. We don't so. care about what golds and plats think, though. I mean, they're there for a reason, so. <laughs> <laughs> Rude. I, sometimes I hop into the Brawlhalla Reddit and take one peek and then just, like, throw my computer out the window like it's just in any case you're right loki looks oppressive and then when you in practice it's just like playing any other character just know where the moves land and don't be predictable and you'll be fine that's kind of it um yeah, Brawl is or uh, BCX coming soon. We're what two ish weeks, a little more. About that, yeah, um, a little more. First weekend of November. Um, we thankfully dodged the Atlanta Braves bullet. Mm -hmm. Um, so now that they are out of the playoffs, we don't have to worry about the World Series overlapping with nope. the event. That should be good. It's going to be exciting, two weeks away. There's one more kind of major kind of tournament. Not major, but one more big community tournament. Everybody can tune up. This weekend, I believe it is, the uh, the Moose Wars tournament. I would imagine this is going to be the biggest entered Moose Wars tournament because everybody wants to use it as one final tune-up before BCX. Yeah, that makes sense. It's a $1,000 uh... tournament. It's this weekend. And that is 1v1 and 2v2, and 1v1 and 2v2s. $1,000 both prize pools, so expect... Did we sign to, up for that? We did sign up for it. Um, um, so expect all the heavy hitters out there playing. You're going to see your Sandstorms, your Lunas, your Boomies, your Magdies, your... Everybody's going to be there because this is the one final tune-up. Get ready to rumble before BCX. Oh, yeah, we did sign up for that. It's actually next weekend, not oh, this okay. weekend. Oh, okay. Okay, so yeah. two weekends from now is the one final tune-up. Big tune-up. <laughs> I'm sure there's a community tournament this weekend. Probably There's community tournaments one. practically every weekend. I know, but that one's the big $1,000, like, tournament tournament that oh, yeah. before BCX, right? So, side note, remember when we used to play $1,000 tournaments that were sponsored by BMG and they counted for PR? How far yeah. have we come? 
I know, right? And now we have people complaining about two hundred fifty thousand dollars not oh being. Oh my uh, god! Enough of a prize pool for Jesus. Go play for, Smash for BCX. Go play oh, Smash. Man. Go play <laughs> Melty Blood. Go play Nickelodeon All Star Brawl. Literally play... any fighting game. Any fighting Literally game that is any not well. Street Fighter's prize pool is bigger than Brawl is this year. Any fighter that's not Street Fighter for the whole year. Yep. What are they at now? Well, the the finale tournament, the Capcom Cup, on its own is a million dollars. Oh, damn. All yeah. right. Well, yeah. they win. Yeah. Step, so, up, step it up, BMG. What are you yeah. doing? Yeah. So, um, other than Street these... Fighter, Tekken, has big, Tekken World Tour has really big prize pools as well. Other than those two, Brawlhalla has the biggest prize pool in fighting games. And we have... Very ungrateful little children complaining about it. (laughs) And I'm just going to lay it all out there. I mean, to some extent, like, I understand the argument of it looks bad for a prize pool to go in reverse, right? Because BCX last year was 500k. This year is 250k. It was explained very clearly why the, that is at the beginning of the year at the beginning of the year yeah. why that happened yeah um but then when somebody was like well just put some more money in it so it doesn't end up like that i'm like this is oh, this is this is not real right like this you're not is, uh bmg has no obligation to the esports scene and they do it out of the goodness of their hearts there is literally zero obligation for them to give us a million dollars a year to play for. They don't have to. It's kind of crazy and if we're if being we, honest. And if we continue, and if people continue to complain about it, they might just not. You know what I mean? Yeah. Don't be ungrateful. There are times when BMG did need a bit of a kick in the butt. This isn't one of those things. For real. So let's not be, let's not be ungrateful for what they do for our community. Cause like it's been, it's been a good ass year of Brahala. We could be in the slop like like smashes. Oh where, yeah, where we are fighting the our own developer to not shut down tournaments. Smash Smash lately yeah. feels like it's kind of imploding between like <clears throat> the whole Steve debacle and yeah. everything else that's going on in that community. Yeah. No dev support. No dev support. Tournaments kind of yeah. going away because of cost and That's another thing I wanna I wanted to talk about a touch. I know this is a Brawlhalla podcast. Yeah. But but we can talk about other things. Well, Smash is... <laughs> that are adjacent? Smash is very adjacent to Brawlhalla. Our communities overlap a little bit. Sandstorm was one of the best reuse in the world. Has been for a long time. They are complaining about a $25 increase for Genesis this year to get in for all three days. What convention can you go to for three days that costs you $100? <laughs> Not many. Yeah. I people go to concerts for three hours that cost more than that. 
I saw yeah. that as an argument. You get to get in for all three days and participate. Yeah. If you want to go Apex, if you want to go watch League of Legends World Finals, there's another esport. You can get in. You do not get to participate, and it will cost you a hundred dollars plus. Yeah, you get to show up, participate, potentially win the whole thing for a hundred bucks. Hundred and twenty-five in Genesis case because California like... is expensive. Esports e esports has had a lot of problems, like with its growing pains, and it's ha it had growing pains. It's still having growing pains that that happened sort of like in an er in an era where things were kind of flush with with available cash. Yeah, like there were a lot more sponsors. There was yeah. a lot more investment in esports happening. Yeah not all that long ago and it has kind of dried up and mm -hmm. it has left all of these tournament organizers to kind of sort of fend for themselves. Yeah. And all of the players, all of the spectators, the participants, they're used to the old way and they don't know how much any of this actually costs. No, there is not a single major smash tournament organizer is most of them are breaking even most of and a good chunk of them are losing money that's oh, yeah. why shine shut down that's why the um the the saga series for smash like hyrule saga and all that stuff shut down yeah. that's why jubaley has cut back to two tournaments rather than three he used to do ceo ceo dreamland and ceo taku he's cut back dreamland and is only doing ceo and taku like it these organizers are not making money hosting these tournaments which is another reason why i am flabbergasted at these children that are getting mad at BMG for not putting enough money into the into the prize pool enough, <laughs> quote unquote, into the prize pool at BCX is because yeah, how much does it cost to get into B to BCX? I don't remember. It's I'd have to go look. It was like it's like a left sticks in chat. Left stick, tell us how much it costs to get into BCX because like like okay, dime. You and I are adults. And yep. we have jobs. And yep. so generally speaking, this doesn't really apply to us. No. But like the amount fifty bucks. Fifty dollars. Okay. Yeah. So I was I was literally about to say the amount it costs to get into BCX, I I don't even know what it is because I didn't think it about it when I paid matter. for it. Yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> it the so venue like, fee doesn't matter to me anyways. Flight and Flight yeah. and, and hotel. Flight and hotel. Flight and hotel is a different but story. The the venue fee I... ten dollars for spectator? Exactly. Like so so it's it's fifty dollars if you want to compete. Yeah. And ten dollars if you're just there to spectate. Yeah, but I guarantee you BMG's losing money at hosting BCX this weekend or that weekend. Oh, dude. They're losing money. They're not they're not gaining. They're not earning money. They don't even sell merch. They're not earning money. <laughs> oh, they do sell merch now. But... Oh, they do sell merch, I guess, but Yeah. Which still... is good. Yes. Like, kind of recoup that cost somewhere cuz mm -hmm. damn. Like I <laughs> I've talked to Jabaley. I've talked to Toast. I've talked to Leftstick like Yep. yep. This shit is expensive, y'all. It's not like, cheap. People don't understand the internet costs for one of these venues. Oh, dude. That internet right costs is like its is own just... racket. Yeah. Like, 
We're not even I'm talking. Sure, <clears throat> I'm sure we could get some of these TOs to rant for hours <laughs> about yeah. how crazy some of these venue costs are. Cause Yeah. It's not cheap. I think the only yeah. TO making any money is Jabali and everybody else is breaking even. I don't even know if Jabali. I don't even know if Jabali's making money. I think he's probably barely breaking even plus, you know, like it's insane to me that people can complain. Go host the tournament yourself then. Yeah. I mean, if Jabali makes money off of CO events, it's mostly from sponsorships, mm-hmm. but I think if I'm not mistaken, I think Jabali makes most of his money consulting for DreamHack. So that's true to be ungrateful. It shows a lack of awareness and love for the game. It's the biggest thing. I mean, I get that a lot of these players are kids. Not kids, but younger. If you're traveling to a Genesis or something like that, you're probably not quite a kid unless you live in the area. Sure. Yeah. yeah, yeah. But you're probably you're probably in your early like late teens, early twenties type thing. Yeah, maybe late late twenties, depending on how long you've been in the community. Yeah. I don't know. It's just I don't have enough energy to argue with these children. That's all it is. <laughs> like they'll grow up, they'll figure it out, they'll realize that okay, this costs a lot more than we thought. What's going to happen is one of us will be like, "Huh, I'm going to host my own tournament." And then they're going to go call around to a venue and it's going to be like, "Oh, for the entire weekend, it's going to cost you 10 grand to rent this place out." And then you're not even counting um setups and everything like that. So, I don't know. They'll figure it out eventually. I know that um, speaking of like renting venues, um, has it already happened or has it happened this weekend or sometime very soon? Kosselix has another Toronto land coming I didn't up. know he did, but he, he, I'm glad. he He's one of the few people that is trying to run a Brawlhalla land. Yeah. Yeah. Like a community land. It just doesn't happen. I know that um, for a little bit, I think the insect guys were also trying to do something in South Florida. Yeah. Um, I don't know if it stuck. Well, I'm, I can tell you that it didn't stick because I think they only did like two, maybe three events. I can tell you, I mean, the, the, we talked, we went over this a couple of weeks ago. The biggest issue is setups. It, it has nothing I to either. do with, it has nothing to do with finding, finding a, uh, a venue you can find venues they're expensive yeah, you, but you can find them um i mean it, you can do what a lot of places do like um i mean i've we've we used to run uh we used to run events out of fucking buffalo wild wings like finding finding a venue that's fine with you being there and setting up just to play not that difficult no like it's different. Well, if you're, di- it's different when you're talking about like a big event that would be like at a convention center or something like that. Yep, yep. But uh, yeah, it's been for for locals. I think it's easier to to find something that's usable. Yeah, but I think the biggest what we what I was getting at is the biggest issue is is the game is virtually unplayable on consoles. So it comes down to figuring out setups. Right. You know, you're just not getting an optimal experience. You you alienate, depending on where you are, a third or half of your player base because at least half players play on keyboards, right? So, 
Um, yeah, I think uh, Toronto runs out of like a they land out of center a, of some kind. Yeah, they run out of a land center or an internet cafe or something. So, so that's yeah. good. I think that's just the big. Um, I think that's just the big. Uh, the the reason that there aren't more of these locals all over right. the place. My personal Vancouver street battle. My local tried to run a brawl hall of land. And I was consulting with them. I'm like, guys, I don't know if this is going to work. Um, we, you're, you're gonna, there's going to be players that want to come out that play keyboard. And I'm, and for me, I was like, it doesn't matter. They're like, well, what do you play? I'm like, I play keyboard at home, but I was a controller player at one point. So for me, yeah. it's not going to matter. For other people who have only played keyboard their entire life, they're not going to be able to come and play. You're alienating half the player base. And guess what? They only had four people sign up and they ended up shutting it down, which really sucked because it was a $200 prize pool. And I was really hoping to take home 200 bucks. So <laughs> um, they were consulting me on the whole thing. I was trying to make it work. It didn't end up happening, but <clears throat> yeah, I'd like to see more Brahal lands at some point. That would yeah, be nice. like local think, lands. Uh, the game, the game itself, probably needs a little more love to make that happen, though. Yeah, um, and I'm not really sure how they would be able to do that. No, I don't know. And it's also not like it's it can't possibly be like a high priority thing either because it no. wouldn't make money. It doesn't make a so, dime for them, right? So yeah. I don't understand. I, I, or I do understand why it's not a very high priority thing, but, um, yeah. Um, yeah, I don't know. We went off on a little bit of a tangent there. I don't know how that happened. Yeah. I mean, that's fine. <laughs> Happens. We are, uh, at about an hour though. Yeah. We want to take a so, few viewer questions and then get out of here type thing. Uh, yeah. If anybody's got anything. Yeah. We'll give them a couple of minutes if they've got anything. And if not, we will uh, wrap her up. And uh, we'll be back on the weekly grind next week. Again, apologies for last week. I had a couple of things come up that uh, that kind of got in the way of of uh, the episode last week. One of them was by choice. The other one was not. <laughs> so my bad, guys. Blame Dime. It's all his fault. I went to see Godsmack last week, okay? Like... <clears throat> oh yeah, that's right. I forgot that's what you were doing. Yeah. That's a pretty okay reason. Yeah. I saw Godsmack, so it was pretty we'll, good. We'll we'll let that one slide. Okay. Thoughts on the Oz scene <laughs> drama? We never really talked about it, but um Honestly, it's it's, it's unfortunate. Amazing. It is unfortunate. Yeah. Why do you think there are no official West tournaments? Well let's let's start with the Oz scene drama. It's unfortunate, and this is a good question, especially for me, Slippery, so I'll get you there. I'll get you, I'll get to you in a second there. Um, unfortunate. You know, it's it's never a good thing when you're when you see people act that way. You know? Yeah. But when you see such a large contingent of players that the scene looks up to act that way, that's even worse. Yeah. It's um what so as far as what happened in Australia, I mean a lot of players got banned. Yeah. Um and it was just a lot of not okay behavior is really what it boils down to. From everybody. And it was, and it was enough across a, a large enough swath of the player base that uh 
honestly, BMG was just kind of left with no choice. So let me put it this way. I wouldn't be surprised if BMG pulled tournaments from Australia next year. They had no choice. They planned all the four of them this year. But Australia is already of the quote-unquote developed regions, the weakest one. Even weaker than SEA? Yeah, Himway is better than anything that they offer. Um, but is one player enough to... Yeah, I think so. It's definitely more consistent. Most of the top eight's pretty consistent over in uh, over in Southeast Asia. They always all finish between one and eight. Um, yeah, fair. So I think... Uh, I think um, I wouldn't be surprised because, again, BMG is just giving us money to play for. <laughs> so when you do things like be bigots or stupid, what is BMG going to do? They're just going to take away the privileges, take away the money. So um, I wouldn't be surprised if they uh, if they polled or lowered the prize pool or something like that. Yeah. I mean, you gotta be marketable too. The big thing is they're not, I guess Kyler is still a marketable player, but the rest of the region, I mean, outside of, I can't even remember their top player before she got banned. What was her name? Goddess. Yeah. Goddess. No. Was that right? No, 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 no. It was um somebody else. Asmodi. Asmodi. Yeah. Asmodi. Yeah. Um, Outside of As Asmodi and Kyler, maybe Wright. They're not su and Wright doesn't even play anymore. They're not super marketable. So I don't know. We'll see. Um, I mean, I think whenever whenever a vacuum gets created by players leaving for whatever reason, um new players tend to come in and fill that void. Yeah, but they need to fill it by getting better and eventually jumping those players. Yeah, that's not what's going to happen. In fact, this is going to cause a decrease in skill because now these players, you don't get to have play nobody these other to top players. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's not enough quality practice, yeah. so the overall skill of the region goes down. So it's all yeah. going to fall. Yep. So um, see how that happens. We'll see. We'll see. Um, Let's why do you the West question? Why do you think there's no official West tournaments? I West is kind of the same. <laughs> West kind of has the same problem as Australia in that. Uh, it wouldn't have, though. The thing is, is West still pumps out really good players. I think it would have... There's pumped... more now than there used to be, for sure. But I think West would have continued to grow at a faster rate because you had LDZ, Blood Diamond, myself, Wubs, Blue Guys. Um, there's other West players I just can't think of. Off the... Oh, Snipe Socks. Yeah. Um, Zexus, like there are, there was a really talented top eight or so of West players, and I think the region would have continued to get better. Just for whatever reason, I think we did it to ourselves by playing on East, anyways. And I think BMG was just like, you know what? If they're going to play on East, let's not throw, um, any money at West and just like keep that money and put it into all of North America. Now, what I don't agree with is them pulling and I'm okay with that. That's fine. You know what? That's okay. Um, they did their best and moved the servers kind of central. 
I mean, Ohio's not great. It actually made uh, it actually made um, connections for some players worse. I know Blood Diamonds ping went up when it went to when we went to Ohio. Ohio's a weird spot. I mean, shit. Sorry, I didn't because of uh, they have to put the server where because to my knowledge, all of uh, Brahalis infrastructure runs out of AWS. Mm-hmm. Um, so they have to put the server someplace where there exists like a location where you can spin up AWS instances. And so their only other alternative actually, I think Ohio was their only choice at the time. I don't, it, that might have changed by now. I don't know what the actual infrastructure looks like these days. Cause I'm, don't consult on that as much as I used to. Mm-hmm. Um, but like people were saying Dallas for a long time, AWS didn't have infrastructure to support those types of instances in Dallas. So that wouldn't have even been possible. It might be possible today. I'm not sure, but it definitely wasn't possible when they moved from Atlanta to Ohio. So Ohio was about as good as we could get. Yeah, it wasn't like you could just pick the dead center of North America and put a and put a server there. Yeah, In an ideal world, you would, but there that's like the middle of Wyoming or something. There's more sheep there than people, so yeah, um, and there's no internet infrastructure there. There's so. no internet there. The um, big thing, the big thing about server locations is, is you got to put them in like populated areas where there's yeah. actually infrastructure to support them there needs to be internet highways and yeah. just because it's in the center of the of north america doesn't mean there's a lot of people which means there's not a lot of quote-unquote highways in that area so oh yeah no if yeah. you if you dropped a server in like kansas or something it would be worse than ohio because it would be like taking a bunch of connecting flights to get there yep instead of one direct flight yep that's basically the best way to try to um, explain it. Um, so, but as far as like West tournaments was going to get back to what I didn't agree with is the fact that we lost our qualifiers. Uh, I felt like that was a big slap in the face and the growth of the region died because there was no tournaments. So now it's kind of stagnated to the point where the last really good West player was snipe socks. Nobody else has come out of the West since Snipe Sox, really. I think there's other West players, aren't there? Not really. Not that are t- not that are top thirty-two. Anymore. Honestly, we don't we don't identify players by East versus West as much as we used to anymore. Anyway, because everybody just plays on East if they can. I know, and the and the people that can't generally aren't well known. So. So the way I look at it is when Capcom, again, let's go back to the Capcom argument. Capcom Cup does qualifiers for the Capcom Cup. Mm. Now, a bunch of people get in just based on points and they don't have to do the qualifier, right? So they just get in based on points. But when Capcom does a Capcom Cup based qualifier, they do US West Canada, Central US and Canada eastern u.s and canada all three Mm. different qualifiers then they do northern europe southern europe england is its own qualifier scandinavia is its own qualifier russia gets its own qualifier are these all online these are online oh yeah 
Interesting. That's what Street Fighter has done for the last couple of years anyways. We're in Street Fighter 6 now. Their netcode's a little bit better. But the World Warriors are split. At least the last one was split. U.S. West and Canada. Central U.S. West and Canada. Or Central U.S. and Canada. And U.S. East and Canada. Part of the reason that I think that they do that is because... Yes, they may have, like, rollback or whatever. Still peer-to-peer. But, huh? Still peer-to-peer. Yeah, exactly. That's what I was going to say. Although it's still peer-to-peer, when one person lags, both people lag in peer-to-peer. Does that make sense? It's kind of an even playing field? Uh, mm, sort of. It sucks, but but it is an even playing field. But the thing is, is like when you're when you're doing a qualifier of that nature, I think the the goal is to keep the connections as all, stable all of as the possible. matches. Yeah, well, not just stable, but like competitive. Yep. So, like, if you want like the highest amount of competition that you can have in these type of qualifier situations, you want to have the lowest latency possible. And so you do like the reduce region qualifiers and then bring everybody together after those. I just feel like US West, the players themselves probably wouldn't care about not getting tournaments if we just had our own qualifier when we were doing qualifiers. I don't think they care about the tournaments otherwise. I just feel like they want one tournament where it's just them to battle it out to see who gets to go to BCX. But then, look at what happened at the last qualifier for U.S. West. <laughs> I was quite—I right was—I was quite a fixture of that. Yeah, I was about to say you were right in the middle of that nonsense. So, um, that's an instance of BMG giveth and BMG taketh away. So, but they also like. They they changed the format after that too as well. No, they did a so, qualifier in eighteen. They did oh, qualifiers in eighteen. What was the? I'm pretty sure they did qualifiers in eighteen. Last chance qualifiers and flew everybody out. Oh oh oh. Yeah. In fact, yeah. I'm almost a hundred percent certain. I don't know about nineteen, but I know in eighteen they did. I mean, eventually they changed the format. Yeah. But slippery. What's your question? What's your other question? Yeah, you said you had another question. And then getting flamed online for being West. That's unfortunate. Give them a couple more seconds here. If not, we will. Uh, what do you think of all the new controller players? Eh, doesn't really matter to me. Controller versus keyboard. The argument's been settled that you kind of just pick what's more comfortable. And in theory, keyboard is the better, is the better, more optimal choice. But that's in theory. I mean, controller players have won. I know. A lot recently. That's what I'm saying in theory. You have to be like Sandstorm level of good to be winning tournaments. Yeah. So I think it's... uh, I think the input doesn't matter as much these days. Nope, it doesn't really. I'm going to stick to keyboard because I've done that four out of the seven years I've played or six out of the seven years I've played or whatever. But um, pick up whatever you think is fun and comfortable and go from there one one difference that i will say that has um come up kind of significantly recently is that uh for the longest time i felt that uh, if you're a controller player d-pad was more optimal than playing on sticks mm-hmm. 
because D-pads gave you more uh, precision. Mm-hmm. I think that that has changed now. Because the D-pads are all shit? Well, no, because the new dash landing mechanic, That's that true. is easier to do consistently on stick than it is D-pad. It's an analog connection versus a digital. So, so I could see why. But just like the the actual movement is easier to do on a stick. Do you think Brawlhalla is promoting moving out of the way instead of countering to? Moving you, out of the way. What do you mean? Everybody what is, moves what out do you of the mean way. By, yeah. I move out of the way. I don't want to get hit. I play on keyboard. Yeah, I'm not really sure what that, that means exactly. No, that's just optimal. I don't think it's being promoted that way. It's just that's optimal. Most time, most of the time, you want to reset the interaction. A lot of the times, anyways. Yeah, and also there's a lot of players that still do that. So yeah, there's also it's just a, a matter of, of oh, sorry, go on. I was gonna say it's it's really just a matter of like learning which options have priority in which cases, because a lot of a lot of times where it doesn't work to wake up or or counter mid move it's because you're choosing an option that just doesn't have priority in the instance that you feel like it should i was also gonna say a lot of moves these days lately brawlhalla has becoming a lot more gotta try and um punish the second or the third move so many moves have become less and less punishable yeah like, go try and punish Cannon on the first move. Go try and punish Orb on the first move. Go, tr- go try and punish Greatsword on the third move. Like, it's becoming <laughs> it's becoming more of a, I gotta get away and reset rather than I'm gonna try and punish the second or third move. Yeah, Brahala with a lot of options being more unpunishable, it's coming down to more you got to have patience to know you, you got to have patience and awareness to know when the right time to go in is it's really funny because moves are becoming less punishable therefore the which you would think would promote more faster games but it's actually creating slower games because you need to slow down not to get hurt, hit after yeah. the second or third move it's crazy yeah <clears throat> it's weird but that's the thing is like i <clears throat> we'll bring it back to another game real quick, but like very early on in multiverses, um, mm-hmm. like lifetime, I had this exact conversation with Tony was like what you, what you're seeing with the game right now is not the way that everything, everything is spammable. Everything feels fast, fast paced. This game will slow to a crawl once people actually start learning to play optimally. Because if you exist in a game where you just get to put out hitboxes for free, then the other person has no way in and has to wait until you do something wrong that creates an opportunity. Mm-hmm. So, and that's what the fundamental reason why I don't like Canon and Greatsword. Orb. Scythe. Orb's not as bad. Scythe's <laughs> not as bad. I think Cannon and Greatsword in particular yeah, are like the Cannon two is crazy like about it. worst offenders yeah. for for this thing in Brawlhalla. 
And it's like people always complained about like things being punishable or like Brawlhalla gameplay being slower or whatever, but this is what happens when you make things too fast. Yep. Because if you make things unpunishable, then pl very good players that drift to optimal playstyles will use the unpunishable moves so that you cannot punish them. Obviously, like when you say it out loud, it sounds obvious. It sure does. But should we wrap it up there? We're almost at one thirty, hey, or an hour. 30. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're getting close to an hour thirty. So, oh, we got one more question. One final question. Do you think a 2700 from 2019 era could achieve similar status today, or were they pretty much playing a different game? No, they weren't playing a different game. I just think players have gotten... it. The game from 2019 to now, other than the new Dash change, it's pretty much the same game. It's just people have gotten better at it. Does that make yeah. sense? This the, is the, yeah. the overall skill level of the player base has risen to the point where... If you plucked a 2019 player out of that era and just dropped them into this era, I don't think that they would immediately be able to keep up. But I do think that they would be able to get back there because the game hasn't changed so drastically. Yeah. Yeah. All right. All right. Well, that was episode four episode of four broadcast podcast we we did it we put another one away yeah. um we'll be back next week uh tuesday are we good tuesday yeah tuesday 10 p.m eastern uh is the next broadcast that'll be episode five at that point we will be two two weeks, two weeks away, away from two BCX. weeks away from bcx the following week we will do a big bcx primer yeah. So next week, next week, we've got one cooking for you, which is actually going to go perfectly into BCX. Oh, that's, so, that's yeah. No, next week's episode is going to be. It's going to be good. Fire. Yeah. <laughs> in a lot of ways. It could, it could get fiery in a lot of ways. Yeah. All right. So, well, thanks everybody for stopping by. Um, we're going to take off. Have a good night, everybody. Yeah. Talk to y'all later. See ya.